welcome to episode three of the Value of Talent podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Harry Trades, joined with me as always, Federico. How are we, my brother? We're awesome. We're awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very strange thing to have the World Cup in December and November. It's, it's honestly very strange, if I'm honest. Everybody I'm talking to, nobody's really in the World Cup feeling like. Well, like, did you? Did you? Actually, I've seen a, a quote today about. Um, I think Nico Schlotterbeck came out and said something like, "You know, like I'm obviously always grateful to play for my country and stuff, but having a having a World Cup in." in the winter just doesn't feel the same. And like, he's basically insinuating that like this World Cup isn't going to be the same, which is true. Like it's not, it's the, like it's the first winter World Cup, you know, it's going to be very, very different. But today we're going to be talking about the key players and, and players that we're excited about from groups D, E and F. But first, Feda, I want you to tell me how is your game week 318 going? Sorry for that. Um, 318 is going okay. I think we have another three rare cards in the book. I'm not going to fall out of them if Opta's not doing something very, very crazy. Uh, two tier 3s and one supposedly tier 1. But let's see what Ice Roma is doing tonight. Because they could be... They could be a danger for a lot of lineups, basically. Because Lorenzo... Um, Pellegrini is like, he, he always makes massive scores in very strange game weeks, basically. And um, so let's see for that. But yeah, um, I did play my Newcastle boys in uh, in Champ Europe. So I love it. I love watching Newcastle, by the way, because I think they're playing some very, very fine football right now. And I love Botman. And he's playing so good in real life, and he's he's not getting those courses so rare. Like, and this guy is making me crazy. Like, he has after the end of the game, he always has like 62, 63, and then after two days, he is left to forty three because Opta always corrects him down. Like, this, this guy always get corrected down by Opta, but he's so good. He's like, um, I don't know if you watched the um, the Champions League uh, game last week from Hummels against uh, City, like. He he made a man of the match. He made a an impressive, impressive, impressive performance, and and he had at the end like fifty eight on Sora. So that we need to make in consideration that sometimes defensive players still don't get the high scores, even if they have a man of the match performance. Basically, yeah, it is it is pretty disappointing, isn't it? When you see like like you watch a game in real life, and obviously you know. You, in this example, you have a Sven Botman on Soren. You're so excited because you like watching him play. You think he's great. But then, like you said, sometimes even in good games where they might get a clean sheet, for whatever reason, he just doesn't score you know, as good as you'd hope um, yes. on Soren. But just, you know what I'm saying? But just looking at some of the, the best under-23 scorers um, this game week, your man is at the top again, Jude Bellingham. Another goal, another 100 this guy's taken it to a complete new level this year, hasn't he? Nothing to add, actually. This, he's just showing the world what he's capable of doing. And uh, he, he's the man. He's the man. I, I, I don't think there's any, like, okay, this could be bold, but I don't think right now, I, I think right now he might be the best midfielder in the world. Like, even not even yeah. under 23, I, but basically in the world. No, I, I feel you. I, I can't. I can't really disagree. Um, just looking second on my list, so I'm on the game week center on Sora Data looking at this. But Diego or Diogo, sorry, Dalot. Ever since I've sold this guy, Feder, he's just been putting up crazy scores. And 
You know what? I probably I sold him at a bad time because I, I presumed that I would have enough red defenders to keep me going uh, for the midweeks and the weekends with Wesley Fafana, Durian Timber. Fafana obviously then gets injured, so I'm left with basically Durian Timber after selling the Dalot. But Dalot had a 66 AA game this weekend. Yeah. Did get a clean sheet, but what a performance that is to put up on Sora. I have to say, like, there's, it's very, I don't want to say any names, but there's some certain English Premier League players, especially in the defense, who are playing on the right backs. They're getting massive AAs on Surrey. I don't know what they're doing there. Like, a lot of them. And, uh, but how is Malassia mm, very doing? Interesting. Is, he, is, he, is, he, is, he, is he playing good? I don't know if he's even um, starting. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a vivid, uh, um, I don't really follow Manchester United, so... Yeah, have a look for you now. I mean, I know he's been starting. Well, actually, saying that, no, he didn't start against uh, West Ham, actually. I'm just looking here. Luke Shaw actually started. Luke Shaw got 55. Okay. Um, I think the game before that, or maybe, the, let me have a look. So against Sheriff, um, Malassia did play against Sheriff. He got a 65. So it seems like he's being rotated in for the Europa League games, as far as I can see. Um, against Chelsea, let's see who started there, if it wants to load for us. But it seems like now... Um, okay, yeah, so Luke Shaw started against Chelsea. So, yeah, it definitely seems like the Malassia is not first choice in the league, which is interesting. I think I personally think Luke Shaw is very good on his day. Um, and, yeah, he's kind of obviously got back into the team. And, and United are keeping a lot of clean sheets, which is promising to see, I guess. But also on the under-23 list uh, for this game week, game week 318 is what I'm referring to is a player called Dominic Fitz, which is really funny because I got told about this player like over a year ago um, by a friend of mine on Twitter. And I ended up, I think I had two of his rare cards at one point. Obviously, I sold them off. And now he's gone on like the craziest heater ever. Scored 100 this weekend, two goals. His L5 is 67. His L15 is 62. He plays in the Austrian league as a forward. Um, Yeah, that one just came out of nowhere. I remember, honestly, this guy was like, 20 pounds at one point like this was this wasn't even like before the boom or anything like you know the, the Gary V boom this was like not that long ago because he was out injured he had a really bad injury but his scores have been absolutely crazy this season yes he's he's racking up those AAs he's he's an interesting player but Austrian Bundesliga also very I love watching it but if you see the quality is like most of opponents are very low quality opponents in this way but he's a very good player and he's he's massively profiting out of the fact that Huskovic is not going to play anymore for Austria because he had this mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you knew he had this massive car incident like a crazy that he oh, came wow. out alive uh, alive out of this and I think he has a crucial ligament rupture now so I think he's out for the, not, not I'm not thinking I know he's out for the season. So that's it's going to be a good season for Fritz and uh could be mm-hmm. one to watch but I think they have like two game weeks left and then they have like four months of of break in the Austrian Bundesliga so maybe not be the right time now to buy him. No, definitely you're right. Similar to the players in Russia as well. Have a guess Feder, how many under 23 players this Game week, game week 318 scored 100. Give me a number. How many do you think? Mm, I think it's gonna. I know Stu did, Pansil did, mm, plus some other guys who I don't remember, but I knew I, I saw them in the leaderboards. I think eight. 
you are actually 50% wrong. Well, 100% wrong, actually. Um, there's actually only four. Four. Four under 23s. Yeah, only four, which is quite low. Dalot Bellingham, Fitz, and Luca Huber, who had a who added a, an assist as a defender. But other than that, Pantsil? we've got some we've got some big players. Kavash. No, Pansil is didn't? 24 now. I think he's out. I think no, he no, did, he's still, but he didn't get... Um, no, he is still under 23. He is still under 20. I'm 100% sure. Mm, I don't think he is. Are you sure? I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure. Um, well, he's not on the list anyway. So let me have a look. Joseph Pansil, he is not under 23 eligible. Okay. He is 24, he born on February the 1st. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I was quite surprised there, to be honest. I thought there'd be more more 100s. But just looking at this list, um, just a few players that didn't score 100 but scored very well. We've got Kavash Vila, one goal, two assists. Victor Osiman, three goals. Maxime Decipher, two goals with a 96. Um, Felix Nemeka, did you see that in the Bundesliga? Two goals yeah, and 89.9. Yeah, but they played also against Bochum. So, yeah, let's... Uh... That was a very good matchup for him. And uh, yeah, but let's just one minute talk about uh, Napoli. I, I'm I'm excited to see them play against and in Anfield and Liverpool now, so they can hold us up because Anfield is still a, a, a mark hall of football, basically. And so I'm I'm really excited. But this team is 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 just crazy to watch right now. Like like if you if if, if somebody doesn't like football, show him. Uh, recent Napoli game and he will immediately fall in love with this game like sorry it's so fun to watch and I'm really, not even really, a yeah. supporter <laughs> no you're right they're playing such attractive football like, I even heard Klopp today in an interview say like he he basically just had to say you know what like Napoli are playing so good right now it's it's almost in, like it's just incredible like he had to give him props or give Napoli props to how good they are actually playing um but just a few other mentions on the list did you see Reese Nelson came on for for Arsenal and got himself an 88 <laughs> off the bench because uh, Bakayo Saka got injured pretty early on oh. in the game. And uh, yeah, Reese Nelson came on for him. Two goals, one assist. Cody Gakpo doing what he normally does, two assists. Kose Tani, which I was obviously very happy about, got himself a clean sheet and a penalty save. Uh, but luckily, well, unluckily for me, I wasn't able to capitalize on that. Yes. Um, but someone that you might, well, I know the team that he plays for that you're very interested in, is Luis Openda and his team yeah. Lens actually got himself a hat trick on the weekend off the bench, eighty six point four score. Tell me why you like. Tell me. Tell me what interests you about Lens, Feder. I don't know. I, I find Lens very, very, very uh, attractive. Uh, most likely because Junior Anana uh, moved to Lens. Like this kid is crazy. If you watch the stats and the data he has, he's like he. This kid, he eats balls. Like he, he's, he's just not letting you pass. A true over, like he's the best six on paper, basically U twenty three. If you look at his stats, and I, I watched him play a lot, a lot, a lot uh, at Bordeaux. Um, I even looked um, some. He didn't play a lot of games for Lille, but yeah, I watched him as well when he got subbed in. And he's so good. He's so so good. Like I'm sorry that I'm saying good again. I'm, I have to not say good mm -hmm. as much um but he's he's <laughs> he's a quality player and he's also playing for cameroon national team and he's 22 so he has two more years of eligibility of u23 and he's gonna he's gonna dominate the midfield with sicko fofana 
And the moment when people will realize he's he might be one of the best U23 players just because of AAs, because he's defensively so good. And uh, he's also very, he's very tall. He's a, he's a very, very big man. Like he's not absolutely tall. He's like 190, but he's a very strong player. Like he has a Lukaku physique, this kind of, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, he's yeah. so fun to watch and he's so, so humble. And uh, also when you hear his uh, his interviews, it's so crazy. I'm I'm very excited to see him at the World Cup. And uh, he's he's my favorite card. I sold his old card this weekend also to buy his new card, the one of 100. And uh, I'm very happily owner now of his only new minted 2023 card. And he is... He's, he's he's just lovely like basically he's lovely and i think he will Amazing. he will he will he will rock it through and uh, then people will wish to have him in the gallery i really try to buy him in subaru even in unique but uh, not possible people who have him at the time they know what he's capable of doing and he's so good and and before I bought him off this guy this weekend, like he was not sold, which I don't understand. He's starting now for Lens, which was a little bit sad is that the moment he got off the game, Lois Penda scored the hat-trick. So that's not very good for him, but uh, I think he's quality enough to to gain his place. And then uh, we will see wonders from him. He's, he's, a, he's an excellent player to watch. Nice, nice. No, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, somebody I'm, that I've known about for a little while um, but yes yeah, glad to see that you've you've gone and self uh or gone and, gone and bought one yourself and like you said hopefully we do get to see him at the world cup but we're actually not covering group g this this episode that no. will be in the next episode like you obviously we both know we are today going to be covering our favorite players our key players teams we're most excited about in groups d e and f um, and we're going to start off with denmark wow who I've got a few names down here that from Sore and just in you know in general that I'm I'm pretty excited about. I mean I think they haven't like you know we can speak for them and France I guess I think they both have a very good group in the sense that they're playing Tunisia and Australia as the other two play uh, other two teams. Yes. I don't think they'll pose too much of a threat. So we could probably safely say that Denmark and France will probably you know easily cruise through this group. But who's going to win the group? Because we've seen over the last few games that Denmark. Uh, have beaten France comfortably, you know. I know France have yes. lost a lot of players, and we will get into that through injury. But some of the some of my well, some of the key players I think for for Denmark in this World Cup is obviously Christian Eriksen. You know, with what happened to him in the Euros, for him to be at the World Cup this year, I think is an amazing achievement. I know he's been playing well for Man United, and he thoroughly deserves his spot in the Denmark team, regardless. But I just think what a story that is, you know, to come from what happened to him to to, to sort of playing at the World Cup for your country again is is something insane. And then another few another few players that I'm really excited about is Scott Olsen, of course, of Club Bruges. Um, but seven is he goals, that good? Three assists this season. Is he that good? Let me finish like, my honestly? Let, me, let me finish my stats. Let me finish my stats. Seven goals, three assists in the Champions League and League this season combined. Is he that good? I mean, he's done it on the international stage, albeit not at a major competition yet for Denmark, but he has to, you know, to be picked for your national national team. You can't be that bad. I'm sorry. Like, you might not think he's world class, and that's fine. But I think you have to be of a certain standard to play for the Denmark national team and 100%. to do well for them. You know what I'm 100%. saying? That's that. That's my point. Is he is he world class? Maybe not. And yeah, we can obviously get into that. 
Mikkel Damsgaard is another one that I'm really excited about, who hasn't really kicked on too much for Brentford. Um, Hoiberg, of course, of of Tottenham, who I think is probably very underrated, in my opinion, in terms of Hoiberg, what yeah. he does for Tottenham. I, yeah, I don't love Tottenham and how they play, but Hoiberg has actually added a lot of goals to his game this season, which I'm really, I'm really happy for him um, because I didn't really see him as that type of player at, at Southampton. And then lastly, I've got um, Anderson of, of Crystal Palace, who's been an absolute rock for them this season, I think. He's been really, really interesting to watch for, for Palace. But let me know any, any sort of players that maybe I've mentioned or, or haven't mentioned that stand out to you. Difficult. Uh, I do really like. First of all, we have to rediscuss the question: Do we think France is gonna top this group? Like we're gonna speak more in general in the last podcast before the World Cup about this. But like, if you look at the the game Denmark played against France, which they won two zero, okay. And if you look at the France squad, it's not bad. Like they had. Griezmann playing, they had Schumann playing, they had Mbappé playing from the start, they had Usman Dembélé mm -hmm. playing from the start, so they had the big boys start, basically. Of course, it was in Denmark, so that's also a, a quite substantial favourite for the for the Denmark, because they have crazy good fans. I just remember last year at the Euros, they were like one of the best fans. And uh, But Denmark is a very competitive team, and I, I do like that they have this this squad, like very underrated squad, basically, because they're playing together since a long time, and they know each other very, mm -hmm. very well, basically. And uh, they don't too much, too much rotation. Also, there's not too many new guys coming into the group, of course, because you don't have the same pool of talents as... France or Spain or Germany or whatever, where every mm -hmm. new year there's a new top kid who deserves the chance to play in the national team, basically. Uh, so you yeah. have this continuity in your national team, which at some points is very good because you start getting a team. And, uh, and the biggest problem France has, in my opinion, coming back to France later, is on paper they should win every game, like 100 Every game three zero like on paper, but they don't have a team. Like we looked at, we we saw it the last time in the Euros as well, and in the Nations League they they didn't play good as well. And uh, Deschamps seems to have lost the control of the team. Of the, like, there's too many divas right now who want to be the first guy in the team, and he 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 hasn't the control. Also, he's gonna lose. Just a little bit talking about France and Fold. He's gonna lose Pogba and Kanté, who's gonna be who were very big rocks for those teams to 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 keep them grounded, basically. Also, and mm -hmm. also used to play with that group of of players because they played together since six four years now. Varane also out. It's it's gonna be interesting. But uh, going back to Denmark, uh, I do really like it. I think Scott Olsen could have a breakout there. Maybe he couldn't show me that he's world class. I think he's good, but nothing world-class for me right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very interested to see. I, I would love your take on that as well. Who would you start? Would you start Christensen from Leeds or Bar from Benfica right now at the left-back position? Um, yeah, or right back. I'm just looking at the Sorry. team. Yeah, right back. No, you're fine. I'm just looking at the, the team that actually beat France in that last Nations League game. So you had Kasper Schmeichel in goals as captain. You had Christiansen at right back, Joachim Anderson and Andreas Christiansen at centre backs, and then yes, Andreas. Me is it Meheli for uh, Atlanta? Mehele, yeah, he's amazing. He's a very good player. Yeah, so Mahele. yeah, I think it's if, to Mahele. answer your question, yeah, I would, I would probably, 
Mahele. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably go Christensen right back just because, you know, he's playing week in and week out in the Premier League at a very high intensity. Bar seems to rotate quite a lot of Benfica. I think, for me, it's a no-brainer in that sense. I think you have to go with the player playing in the Premier League. I know that's maybe a biased type of situation, but I think you just have to, you know. If you play, yeah, I agree. If your national team player is playing in the Premier League. And then you've got midfield, Eriksen, Delaney, Hoiberg's a very solid three. And then up front, they played Scott Olsen, Dahlberg and Damsgaard, which is also a very good front three. But one yeah, player but that's I... not on that starting 11, who I think could creep in at some point, is Jesper Lindstrom of France. Yeah, Jesper Lindstrom is playing really, really great. I think he deserves to have a chance. And I think if he's playing like this at the moment in the training camp before the World Cup, he might leave his mark with the coach and he might get the start because he's playing so good. He's lovely to watch. I don't think he's going to stay much longer at Frankfurt. He's mm-hmm. over, over, over playing Frankfurt right now. He's 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 he has some very good qualities as a footballer, basically. But also, which yeah. I'm, I'm uh, one question I still have with Denmark is, I would not start Dolberg right now because I think he's so out of form and he's not on the level mm-hmm. he can perform. And I would start Rasmus Holjund, yeah. who plays for Atlanta. Yeah, he's he's amazing to watch. Like he's like so fast and wants to get the ball every time. Shoots a little bit too fast and early mm-hmm. right now yet, but he, he has the talent. And he, that was a they bought him from Sturm Graz this this summer, and he immediately was good. And he's he's actually playing also. And uh, I don't know, I don't yeah. know if Dolberg is playing for Sevilla right now very much. I don't think uh, he's playing too many. He's having too many minutes. So I would change Holy to Dolberg, but that's it. Damsgaard needs to play. I don't know how Sampdoria had the player like Damsgaard. Honestly, I don't understand that. And um, yeah, Lindstrom has a big, big say, and he's gonna play for it, hundred percent. He's not. Uh, he's not gonna yeah. back down. No, no, definitely, he definitely has a chance to to get into that starting eleven, and I definitely agree with you. Um, sorry about the fireworks in the in the background. If you can hear them, unfortunately, people are celebrating. Halloween. Halloween in London right That's now, a... um, <laughs> but no, I definitely agree with 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 Feder with the whole Rasmus uh, Holland thing because yeah, Dolberg just doesn't do it for me. He's not fast enough. He's not athletic enough. I don't think to really make his mark um, for anyone. To be honest, he's not playing for Sevilla right now, like he mentioned. And yeah, I think Holland's hungrier. He's younger. He's more he's in better. form, although he's only scored one goal this season. He's a better but player, of be- course. Yeah, he's a better player. He's playing for Atalanta. Um, 100%. So, yeah, interesting times. I do think Denmark are going to pose a big, big threat in this World Cup. And, yeah, don't, yes. don't write them off at all. Um, no. Okay, we can swiftly, moved on, uh, swiftly move on to the big boys, France. Yeah. How do we think the whole Pogba-Kante dynamic of them not being in the – well, being fit as well as other players? You know, we're talking about hopefully Lucas Hernandez will be back. There's a few question marks around Varane as well. How do we think these big names are going to affect France's sort of chances of, of winning this, this World Cup? Hard. It's very hard. Especially Kante and Pogba is, um, is a hard blow for France because they were, the, they were the motor, the engine in the midfield. And they knew how to play with Griezmann mainly because they played with him so many games, basically. So the, 
and they were the same age group so they knew each other from the youth groups uh, youth leagues as well and i'm very very interested to see how supposedly now that both of them are out it's safe to say that Aurelien Tushameni Tuameni, I don't know uh, how you really pronounce him. I'm sorry. Um, is probably going to start for France in the in the deaf midfield position, basically, because he's also the best there mm -hmm. that they have left. And uh, so I'm, I'm, of course, he knows how to play with Benzema now, but he's not making those long passes into the striking into the striker because he's too far behind. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah, I'm very. In curious not excited curious to see how he's gonna play with those guys but um but if you the problem with france if i looked at the at this at the team and everything and what i said before like there's too many players who want to be the best not playing really good in a team itself and um deschamps lost control over over this his squad basically mbappe thinking he is worth more than everybody else in the squad You saw that again, not taking the group picture with this fast food giant. I understand he doesn't want to promote fast food, but it's France. You can't stand over France, basically, if they... And, uh, yeah, so yeah. that's very interesting. But if you have a front line of Mbappé, Karim Benzema, and Ousmane Dembélé, what the hell should you do? Like, there's nobody stopping them. Like, <laughs> even if they don't like yep. each other, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have the shooting star on the left, who everybody thinks is the best, gonna be the best player in the world. You have the Ballon d'Or winner right now in the middle, and you have Usman Dembélé, who mm -hmm. most likely is the most talented football player in the world right now. So uh, it's 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 very very difficult. And also in the in 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 goal, you have Lori. Of course, he's gonna start. I would have wanted to see Mike Magnon because I think he's way better than Lori, but. He's out, he's injured, so he can't play. And so, so there's not even a question, but also very, they have a world class, like unbelievable what pool of talent they have in the defensive, in the defense, in the depth. Like it's, it's, it's mind blowing. Like mm -hmm. how, like, I'm, 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 I'm just giving you some names. How would you play them? Like you have Saliba, you have Ubermecano, you have Kunde, you have Badiashil, you have Pava. And you have Hernandez and Hernandez too, basically. How are you going to line them up? Like, all of them <laughs> should start. Like, uh, and you have Varan injured, Fofana injured, you know? And Kimpembe injured. Yeah, yeah, but he's not good enough for those Bro, guys. Bro, they have like... like... <laughs> no, I agree with you. Of course, he's in a diff... Yeah, I agree. But just in terms of like the Shams and he likes his older players, like Kimpembe, if he was fit, I think he would actually play, yes. which is scary because he's yes. just... They, he trusts him, yo. He's athletic. He can do the job. Not, I'm not saying yes. he's better than Saliba, Badiashil and stuff and Pumekano. But yeah, mate, you're right. Their defense is absolutely frightening. And I don't know how to line them up. I mean, if I'm guessing, I would have to go... I would go Theo Hernandez left wing back, of course. I'd have to say Pavard right wing back. I don't love him, but I just don't think there's much else. Yeah, but you he, could say Jonathan Klaus, actually. I do like Jonathan Klaus. Yeah, but you have to play Pavard. You think, have right? to play Pavard. I don't... They, they, I know, I know. And the then, problem is, you, mm. yeah, you have to play Pavard. Especially because you have Usman Dembele on the same side and he's... So there's not going to be a lot of defensive work on that side. So you need a more defensive-focused right back. I know Pavard doesn't like to play right back. He's very angry with Bayern, actually, that he has to play right back because he wants to play mm -hmm. a center back because he sees himself as a center back. But yeah. in this 
Gord, I think Pavan needs to play right back. Like he needs to. And mm -hmm. I agree with how, you. How Upamecano is playing right now for Bayern Munich, I'm sorry to say, he has to play. And the same is said yeah, for Saliba. Thank you. The same play. is said for Saliba, but the same you can also say for Kunde and Badiashid. That's the problem. And also Lucas Hernandez, mm -hmm. who I think won't start a group he has stage. To play, right? He won't start a group stages, I think. You don't think? He's not fit, he's not fit enough. He Ooh. needs to gain the fitness. He needs to gain... Fair he's, enough. Fair he's, enough, he's, yeah. He, so I think his brother would start a group phase and then he would take over from Tio, basically. Okay, okay. No, I see that. Especially yeah, because... Yeah, Saliba, um, especially because, hard, again... Actually, yeah. Because Kunde is injured now. Yeah, but I think he's back... <sighs> It's very difficult, and they have they have in the future they also have Nianzu Matsima. It's it's crazy for Fana. Like this kid, they, France is crazy. Like yeah, they can they just give some France, talent yeah, to the other talent countries? Pool, like like, <laughs> I know Wales wouldn't mind a little bit of their <laughs> little bit of their talent. You know why can't we why can't we loan some of their talent? But like you said, yeah, a lot of headaches in the defense. We know how good they are going forward. Obviously, they are missing some big players in midfield, but you know, can they can Deschamps gel them together, ready for this Winter World Cup, and and get them firing? Which brings us on to our second no, wait. group. I need to, I need to, I need to talk tournament. one more oh, time. Fedos, Fedo needs to. Okay, I'm sorry, Fedo. I want to give. I, I want to give. Moved on. I want to give my point on how I would line up France right now. And uh, go for it, okay. And I would, would love to hear you on Twitter as well as how you would play that. That's my personal opinion. Like, of course, you have to play Lurie right now. Then I, I pick Saliba Upamecano right now, right back Pava. And as I said in the group phase, Theo Hernandez, and then it's gonna change to Lucas Hernandez. Then I will play with two eights with Aurelien Chuamini, and I think my opinion. Yusufa Fofana from Monaco. He deserves a start. He's the best right now after the pool that everybody's injured. Like, I think he's the best. He's showing it every game week for Monaco. He's capable of doing it at world-class level. He's not a shiny player. He's like a Kante type of player. Of course, he's not that good as Kante, but he, he can do it. And I think he deserves a start right now, especially next to Aurelien Chouamini. Of course, you can start Kamavinga, but he, he, has, he hasn't gotten the, the game day experience as Fofana. So, I think it's either Fofana or uh, Kamavinga. Then I would play Nkunku as a 10. And then, of course, Usman, uh, Karim and Mbappé. It's a crazy team. It's, it's crazy. Like, uh, it's, it's a, it's a FIFA ultimate squad team you would build, basically. That's, that's the crazy part. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a scary, scary team. And yeah, I probably, I probably wouldn't disagree with many of those picks. I mean, it, it just depends on what formation they go with. Do they go with a, a three at the back, or they go with a four. Um, I think that'll be interesting to see how that sort of plays plays on. But like like Feder says, if you've got a different opinion to that, let us know on Twitter um, at value of yeah. talent underscore um, on Twitter. And yeah, that does sort of conclude Group D. We're not really interested in speaking about Australia and Tunisia. So if you are from either of those countries, I'm very very sorry. And uh, we have um, utilized all our sort of research on. On the so-called bigger teams, I guess. You know, the teams that have more exposure to Sora in that sense, and you'll have cards on there. And yeah, sorry if that is a problem. But yeah, like I said, moving on to Group E, we've got Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. We will be skipping Costa Rica for obvious reasons. First team 
that we're going to talk about is Feders Germany. Very, very interesting take on this. Uh, um, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, like, um, Italy in 2006 was one of the worst teams at the beginning of the tournament. Nobody ever believed they could do it, and they did it. So this could, they, this could apply for Germany, basically, because they still got the talent. And, and if you look at the squad, it's still unbelievable. And also, which is completely different to France in this way. And as Thomas Müller always likes to say, like in Germany, we learn how to play football for the team, not for yourself. So that's, uh, it's very, 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 very completely different mentality. So you, you can never write off Germany. It's, even if they had like very, very bad stints at the Euro 2022 or 2020, I'm sorry, and the last World Cup. Uh, but it's still Germany and Hansi Flick is a decent coach. I don't think he's a decent coach and they still have Manuel Neuer in goal. So um, I wouldn't write them off completely. Like, let's be honest. Uh, the only thing I see where they have a really vacant spot is the right back position, basically. And uh, I think he will hate this. And I don't think this is going to happen. But if I would be the German coach, I would let Kimmich play at right back. But the problem is you can't also take Kimmich out of the center mid because he's with Bellingham the best in center mid in the world. So, uh, but on the other hand, you don't have any decent right back. By the like, you can't play <laughs> Benjamin Henry. It's, it, it, it's ridiculous, and uh, uh, and you have so much talent in the center mid that you could afford losing Kimmich in this way. But because at center, the center back positions, we have Zule, we have Rüdiger, we have Schlotterbeck. Um, we have enough talent to compete at the highest stage. Uh, especially now with Zule and Schlotterbeck playing in the same team, also Rüdiger. Hansi Flick loves uh, Rüdiger, so he will most likely play. On the left we, on the left back, we have David Raum, who can play, but we also can play Gosens, but I don't think Gosens will play because he's not playing for Inter right now. Also, so that's interesting gonna, interesting to see. But in the center mid, we have so much talent. We have Goretzka, we have Gundogan, we have Kimi, Arnold, so much guys, and Jamal Musiala. Floor Wirtz, everybody. So, uh, might be reasonable. It's not going to happen. I don't want to give any false hope. Kimmich is going to start in center mid. But in my opinion, it might be a good idea maybe to start him at right back. Because he's, he's basically unbelievable on every position he plays on the football pitch. And on the wings, you still have Leroy Sané, which on certain days is the best player in the world. And you can't do anything against him. And I'm so sad for him because I love him. I, I do I really appreciate him as a football player. I appreciate him as a person. I always liked him. And uh, even when he played for Schalke and and he had the he had the talent for so much more, but uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't work out. At least he's still young. He can still fix that. And, uh, but he could be on the, Top, top, top of the world. He has the talent. And yeah, they have Serge Gnabry on the other wing, basically. And uh, then they have Hoffmann, who's also a decent player. They have decent players on the wings. And then the, the striker position, 
Hansi Flick likes to play Kai Havertz there, but he also likes to play Timo Werner. So that's going to be interesting. I think based on the opponent, it's, 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 it's interesting how to play. If you have very fast center backs, you might play Kai Havertz and play another system, more like tactical, getting the ball inside. If you have very slow center backs, you obviously play Timo Werner and play the long pass into the opposition and to Timo Werner. And, which is Timo Werner is getting a lot of shit, but he's not that bad. He's not great, but he's not that bad. And uh, yeah, so that's amazing. And then they have Jamal Musiala, who right now is uh, playing like uh, Lionel Messi when he's... No, okay, he's not playing like Lionel Messi, but he could. And uh, yeah, that's very, very interesting to see. And uh, I'm looking forward. Only thing I think right now, at this stage of the season, Hansi Flick should probably... He's bringing back Thomas Müller, which I completely understand, and he deserves it. But he should also bring back Mats Hummels because he's still a world-class defender and brings all the experience and amazing player to watch. And he he knows the group. And yeah, so that's Germany on my take. Mm-hmm. Excited no, to I, see. I, yeah, I... Yeah, no, I agree with you. There's some very exciting situations that could sort of progress there. I I like the idea about the Kimmich at right back. I think Kimmich is so fundamental to Germany's success. And obviously, of course, Bayern's, whether he's playing centre mid or right back, it kind of, like you said, because you have so much strength in the midfield, it doesn't really matter as much. The problem is... Because like you said, you are very, you're very low on right backs, you know? The problem is he's... Still, ten times better if he's playing in the mid centre mid. That's the thing, you know. You're you're losing him in the centre mid, of course. But you're having like it's it's very difficult, mm, especially. But you don't have any talent on the right back position right now in Germany, and which I think is you have to play Hoffman there. I think you really have to play Hoffman. Yeah, but he's too offensive. You saw that in the. In the games against uh, Italy and also against uh, England, like it was, it was too easy to mm-hmm. get through this side. And it, he's because he's a winger; he's a natural winger. He had, he doesn't, of course. And, and Kimmich played a lot of games as a right back. He played a lot of games under Ancelotti <laughs> under Pep Guardiola. Yeah, he he knows how to play the right back position basically. So yeah. I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm biased. I, I love Hoffman. I've always had a soft spot for Hoffman, but you're right. Yeah, the Kimmich play seems the most logical on paper. And uh, like you said, very exciting to see how Musiala can can sort of step up to uh, yeah, the world stage and, and do it for Germany as he has been doing it for, for Bayern this season. Um, okay, we'll swiftly move on to Japan. There's probably not a crazy amount to say about Japan. I'll sort of start us off. And in terms of some of the key players that I've just sort of highlighted it in doing some of my research. We've got some players, you know, I, I don't think we can write J- uh, Japan off. You know, I know I know, Germany and Spain are going to be the favourites for Group E, of course, whichever way that works out, who, whoever finishes first, I don't know. But Japan are going to pose a bit of a threat, you know. You've got players like Minamino, Mitoma for Brighton, Furuhashi for Celtic, uh, Juan Ito for Stad Rems. Like, there's some good players here. That's not to mention Daichi Kamada, for Frankfurt, who plays with Lindstrom, um, and Kubo, who's a player that I'm probably most excited about seeing at the World Cup because we've seen, well, we've seen videos of how good he is, um, you know, when he was at the Barca Academy. He's also at the Real Madrid Academy as a kid. He's had a load of loan deals since then, and he's now fallen at Real Sociedad, who he has played a lot of games this season. Um, he hasn't scored a, incredibly well on Sore. He's had a few 
he's had a few good games. Um, but I think his name on, on Sore is actually Teke, so T-A-K-E, rather than his rather than going by his second name, Kubo. Yeah, so Feder, do you think Kubo has a has a good chance of starting at the World Cup for Japan? Oh, it's a very difficult one. First of all, as you said, he's playing very good for Real Sociedad right now. And um, on paper, he should start, yes. But again, I'm I'm not an expert in Japan things, uh, so I don't, I wouldn't rely on my opinion there. So, but uh, on paper, he should start, yes. Yeah, I'm just looking at how they started against Ecuador in their last international friendly. And they went, they had Ritsu Dohan actually on the right wing, Mitome in the 10, Minamino on the left wing, and then Furuhashi up front. Um, of course, you know, they, I think they made a lot of subs at halftime. They brought on um, Ito, Kamada, Ueda that's playing for Circle Bruges. Um, yes. Hate they also have that, that can play there and, and Kubo actually was an unused sub so yeah I just hope he I just hope he gets the chance to just show us whether that's on the bench whether that's coming um, as a, in as a starter I just hope we can sort of see his talent because he is electric on his day that kid couldn't that, that kid has messy like dribbling sort of ability you know with his left foot good. low centre of gravity um, he's a very very talented player and I just hope he can sort of show us um, and maybe myself, I will be attending a, a Japan game, well, the Japan-Germany game, actually, at the World Cup. So I'm, I'm very excited to see if I can get my hands on, um, or oh, my eyes, actually, on a, a Kubo performance. And then we'll move on to Spain, who's actually a very, very interesting sort of case study, I think, for this World Cup. Because, like, yeah, they have some talented boys, your Pedris, Gavis, Ferran Torres, like, but then... I don't know. You look outside of that and I'm a little bit like, well, look, I've obviously forgotten a few players. You know, you have Danny Olmo, Nico Williams, Soler. Don't get me wrong. They have good players, right? But as a team, they're just not the Spain as we used to know. You know, the 2010 Spain, 2011-12, you know, the Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, Ramos, Poyol, Pique, Alba. Like they've had some incredible teams over the last sort of decade. And I'm just, I don't know. I just don't think... The, the name and the, the footballing nation carries as much weight as it used to. Would you agree with that? Uh, it's, diff it's difficult to say because um, Spain, uh, nothing, I love Spain. I love the Spanish national team. But before before the 2008 uh, generation, they didn't win anything. So, like, they were not a great True. football nation before. Like, you know, so we're just... Spoiled no, no, out of, of 2008, basically, and about this generation, mm -hmm. what they got, and they, they won the Euro twice and uh, the World Cup. So that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. But before they didn't have a Euro, uh, they won the Euro, uh, the, 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 the Euro, they won that, but they never won a World Cup before. So, and uh, so mm -hmm. we're kind of spoiled in that thinking, but I think we're gonna get, we're moving just out of that golden generation into a normal Spain, basically. They always had the amazing... Yeah, a normal uh, Spain, they, yeah. They, they always had the amazing players, but maybe the, the team itself was not that golden generation. And now we're moving slightly into that generation, but also we're having, we're having another golden generation with Pedri, Anzufati, Gavi in this kind of sense. But maybe overall, they're not that as golden as 2008 where they had on every position nearly the best player in the world mm -hmm. which is uh, which is France yeah. right now which is France right now and so mm -hmm. all the 
the only the only national team that never had a really golden generation but was constantly good were Germany and Italy basically and Italy is now bad so <laughs> or at least they're not bad they yeah, won the euro and they wanted <laughs> but it, <laughs> yeah you can't say they're bad even though they're not in the world cup right now but no. yeah in terms of spain don't get me wrong like i can't i can't deny they have some exceptionally talented players who i'm i'm back on so myself i have ansu fati i have pedri i think these boys are world class and, and gonna be world class but like you said i think we're just maybe it's just the fact that like you said they don't have you know a world class player in every position like they they're center backs right now okay you could say laporte but he's been you know injured and and stuff for, for Man City quite a lot. So he doesn't seem to, I don't know, play as much as I'd like him to. But apart from that, like their defense is just, their defense is just not as colossal as it used to be. You know, I've got like Gaia who plays for Valencia, Pau Torres, Hugo Guillemont sometimes starts, Eric Garcia. Okay, Danny Carvajal is, is, a, is a bit yeah, of a veteran, Danny I Carvajal, guess, for um, Danny Carvajal Madrid. is a world-class player. Danny Carvajal, Carvajal is a, is a world-class I mean, player, but he he's, 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 he's getting out, he's, I mean, he's aging out. He's aging out. That's the thing. Like he's not that player he used to be five years ago. Like uh, it's it simply it is like that. He's not, and he's not timeless like Messi and Ronaldo, and and even of course, of course. even Ronaldo now the time has gotten him basically. So and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Carvajal was a world class player. He this guy won the Champions League five times, won everything, won the World Cup. Yeah. It, it, he, he he's amazing like but he's just edging out he's not no of course, but just, of course. like um but Paul Torres is a very good player and a very very high prospect i think he's a very but he's 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 obviously not Sergio Ramos or Gerard Piquet at that certain time they used to play you know what i mean or Charles Puyol mm -hmm. you know and i agree he's he's not that type of player yeah, yeah. it's no, fine I agree. it's fine you can't always have those players it's it's it, we need to appreciate those players of course no, I agree. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Spain still have a very, very good team and a very good 11, I'd say. But I don't know. I, probably, I don't worry about their midfield. I think they have an abundance of midfielder options. Koke, Pedri, Gavi, Marcos Llorente, Rodri. There's loads of Busquets, of course. There's loads Daniel of players Olmo. there. But do you worry, Donny Olmo, of course, they can play a little bit forward, uh, further forward as well. I, I just worry about their forward options, Feder. Obviously, Fatty's in the preliminary squad, which means that he he might make it, he might not. No, Apart he, he from will. that, like, you think he will? He will. He will make it, hundred percent. Fatih will go to the World Cup. Okay, but okay, just give me, give me, give me your front three then for Spain. Who do you think starts front three? Mm. My person front three, or uh, how I think uh, Luis Enrique is going to start Spain. Um, I would give me Luis would... Enrique's first. Give me Luis Enriquez first. Enrique will play Antofati on left wing. Um, he will change Antofati and Ferran Torres. They will switch. One of those two guys will start. He will probably start Morata, who seems to be fit for the World Cup, which I don't understand. But he's he's a decent player. He's he's not that bad. And of course, nobody is that bad who's who's playing for Spain. Uh, but he will start Morata because he likes this number nine. That's why he probably will also bring Iglesias to the World Cup. He likes this type of striker. He just likes this type. And on the right wing, that's very, very... This is like... I would have said, like, 
if Olmo would have been completely fit the whole season, I think he would have just told him to play right wing because he can do that, Olmo. But he was injured like again most of the season. So I don't know. Right back, right wing, I would play Nico Williams, but I don't think he's going to play Nico Williams. So uh, uh, it's, it's he probably, interesting. He probably goes with Sarabia, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he will probably play Sarabia. I would play Nico Williams. I like him. He's so he's fast. He's very I fast. Think, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think that would pose a very um, a very different option. I mean, Jeremy Pino was in and around the squads for a little while. I don't yes. know if he'll actually make it or not. Um, but again, another another interesting right winger option, which provides a lot of pace. But yeah, I don't know. I just worry. I just worry about their firepower. I, I do. I, I think they'll dominate possession as every Spain team has done over the last ten years. But I just worry. Can they? Can they? Do they have the the firepower do they have that like that that x factor that's gonna break down teams in in terms of like just scoring goals out of thin air you know yes, like I like a messy so. you know like these players who have the x factor musiala do we think do we think spain yes. has that i know i know we could argue fatty does have that but you know there's you know worries about his injuries and stuff like do we do, do you think they can break down teams effectively yes 100 percent. because i think luis enrique is an awesome coach and I think he's most probably the best mm-hmm. coach at the World Cup from his tactical skills and everything uh, with Hansi Flick. And um, plus, every time I see Spain play, especially in tournaments, they still play better than they can maybe on paper. But Spain is always a contender. And I would still think that Spain is a real contender this year as well. Because they just play beautiful in the team. And uh, I watched that game, Italy against Spain. And if it wasn't for Federico Chiesa, Spain would have won the Euros already again in 2020. Uh, So Spain is very, 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 very... um, I'm I'm missing the English word. Wait, uh, dangerous. It's a dangerous team. It's a very dangerous team. Because as you know, there's nobody, yeah, there's you. not this, this real star. So you can't really concentrate on one guy. Everybody can do it basically. So you don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, you have this mystery and that's going to play for them in the book. Plus they all mainly play yeah. in La Liga right now. So they all know each other pretty good. They, they have Rodri who's going to destroy opponents counterattacks and attacks itself which is amazing and Paul Torres and Laporte is not bad in center back it's not the best they had and not the best in the tournament but definitely a center back pairing you can win a world cup with 100% yeah I agree I think that's a nice way to to finish on on Spain in group E which then brings us to our last group of the episode which is probably on paper, I would say the hardest group or the most uh, competitive group group in the World Cup. And that includes Belgium, Canada, Croatia and Morocco. But we're going to start with Belgium, who for me, it's a really interesting one. This is probably a bit of a hot take, but I think we could like it wouldn't surprise me if Belgium struggle in this group. OK, and no, look, we know they have a world-class team, okay? But the, the only thing that worries me a little bit is how much they're aging as a team. Like, I just worry that they don't have enough fresh blood in the squad to really 
just revitalize the team, you know? They don't get me wrong. We've got KDB, we've got Hazard. You know, we have some big players, Axel Witzel. But I just worry that their team is like aging at a point where like I don't really see there being like a a fresh contingency, you know? Like all their players are like above thir- like 28 to 30, 30 and above. Toby Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Vit- like Witzel, like I said, Thomas Munier, Castagne, Hazard, Bachwai, Lukaku, like all these players are obviously world class and and have played high level football for a god you know a good number of years. But I just worry that like I I think they're just missing that. I don't know what it is. I think they're missing, like I said, one like a bit of fresh blood. They do have some younger players coming through, but I just don't think none of them are good enough to really start in that team right now. I think they 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 might in the future. One of them being Amadou Onana, the plays for Everton right now. Uh, Zeno Debast, who plays for Anderlecht, who's another interesting defender, and and of course Charles de Ketteler, who who recently moved to Milan. Yeah. So don't get me wrong, there's players ready, <clears throat> um, but I just don't think they get the chance at Belgium in that sense. Like I think he just always goes with, um, and he, I mean Roberto Martinez, always seems to go with uh, experience, which I understand. It's a big tournament; you need big players. But players like Eden Hazard, Batshuayi, Lukaku, like. For me, there has been. The only player in that team that I'm really thinking, you know what, he could carry them to a World Cup is Kevin De Bruyne. Like, mm. I don't I don't look at anyone else in this squad and go, wow, he is an absolute animal and I can see him carrying this team. Like, I, I've really, really struggled to um, to really see where the, where the next generation is coming from. Okay, I disagree with you on this one. Um, uh, this is, uh, I think... It could be hard for them to get out of the group, but there's some exciting players in that squad. Like you still have Courtois in goal, basically, and then course, like the course. defense is not that great anymore. I agree with you. They don't they don't have the Alderweireld and Fatongan of that time, Munier and whatever. That's not the golden generation of Belgium anymore. I give you that, hundred percent. Zeno de Bas will not start. By the way. It looks like he's going to move to Bundesliga. There's a lot of Bundesliga clubs very interested in him. And um, one of them being the being Borussia Dortmund. And uh, so that could be interesting. But you have still a midfield of KDB, Onana. Why not start him? Like, Thiel- honestly, Tielemans. Tielemans will start. Yeah. Like, this is like world-class, but... A missing piece. You also have Didonka, who could start instead of Onana. Like, it's not a bad player, Didonka. Don't get me wrong. Um, like, no. Also, but also in the attack, you have Lukaku. You have Opinda. You have Bachuai. But you also have Hazard. And uh, I would never write off Belgium Eden Hazard. Never. Like, I would never make that this mistake True. to write him off. Like, he's an exceptionally good player just has a very very bad mentality in this way and reached his goal of playing for Real Madrid so he doesn't care about anything else in club club football basically or at least that's how it looks like to me and mm-hmm. uh, because even when he plays for Real he has his moments where I just saw see how good he was and what footballer he used to be basically so I would never write him off. I, I think he can do that for six day for six games in the tournament. So um, I wouldn't write him off, especially mm-hmm. if you have players like KDB and Lukaku who remind him of what he used to do and what he can do. And he's the captain of that team. It's not Kevin De Bruyne; it's Eden Hazard. 
Eden Hazard is the captain of Belgium. So I wouldn't write him off. Honestly speaking, I thought he would have had more impact this season with Real Madrid, which he obviously didn't. But yeah, that's another story. About the Catelier, I think, I don't think he's a great player. Like, he's okay-ish. Like, he plays for Bruges. That's fine. And you were dominating the league, but he's, he's, He's too bad for Serie A. Like, every time I watch him play, he's like, nothing comes out of the kid. Like, I don't understand how he was 30 million. And especially mm -hmm. because you spend that money on him and not on Botman. Maybe he's gone, maybe he's going to prove me wrong. I hope so, because I liked him. I thought I was excited to see him. Very disappointed in him. Yeah, maybe he just needs to find his way in Serie A. But right now, I don't think he's uh, effective. And, uh, Yeah, he's also injured right now. I think I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't okay. know if he could make it to the World Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not sure as well. I, I think he might be injured, and uh, yeah, but he obviously he's not a bad football player, but might be just the Belgium tax in this way, the Upila Pro League tax, and. Uh, Yeah, and, and 100%. Uh, let's let's see. Maybe he. I hope he proves me wrong. Let's say that. But yeah, Openda, mm -hmm. great player. That's no, fair enough. But yeah, nothing really. It's still Belgium. The defense is not looking that great. I give you that. Like, I don't know who I would start in the in the center backs. I, I don't know. Also, Garaz, Carrasco. Let me propose. Or... Let me let me propose this to you, because. Um... One player that's been really good in the Premier League recently is Wout Weiss for Leicester. Yeah, he will start. He will start. He's been, he will start. He's been really good. I think he might actually start. And you got another player in Rennes, uh, Arthur Fiatta, who moved yes. from Bologna. Um, I think another interesting player. Play. So don't get me wrong. There's players, there's, there's players there. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't get as excited as I used to do, um, you know, about this, this Belgium team. Another player that's in the Premier League actually has been incredible. And scores against all the big teams, and he's a FPL beast, I think. Leandro Trossard, he actually does have so red cards as well, which yes. is great. Um, I think Trossard has a, I think Trossard has it in him to have a, have, has a, have a really good tournament personally, uh, with the limited forwards that they do have in terms of like how they're actually playing right now. I'm looking at these players. Eden Hazard hardly plays. Dries Mertens playing for Galatasaray. The Ketelier hardly plays. Going Batshuayi to visit Kobe. He is going to Vissel Kobe. That's right. Yeah, there's, there's some rumors that uh, Dries Mertens will go to Vissel Kobe. Oh, oh, Dries Mertens. Okay, fair enough. Lois Appenda, okay, did score a hat-trick on the weekend, but doesn't start every week for Lens. Dennis Pratt is down as a forward. I don't know why, because he's a center mid. And Dodi uh, Luque Bayo, is it? Luke Bayo? Yeah, he's not great. Luke Bayo yeah. for yeah. Hertha. So, like, yeah. there's not many options, you know. This is ju this is just their forwards, obviously. Uh, Lukaku, I think, is injured right now. Um, so, for me, I think Trossard could do something um, at this tournament. And, and hopefully, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, uh, you know, will just do what he usually does and, and probably carries this Belgium team. But we'll swiftly move on to Canada, who I think is an interesting one. Um, for me, like, you know, there's only... Not only. There's two players, obviously, that everyone's going to talk about and we're obviously going to talk about as well. Jonathan David and Alfonso Davis um, being the highlights of, of this Canadian team. I'm just really I'm just really happy to see Canada in the World Cup, to be honest, Feder. Like, it's not something that I'm used to really seeing in that sense. And I'm, I'm not used to them having, like, two 
Oh, Alfonso Davis is definitely world class. Can we say David is world class right now? Yes, Probably not, so. but could he get there? Maybe. No, I think he is. I just think it's think really exciting. Is. And uh, I think he is. Big, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I love him. It's a, yeah, it's you mania. would. You're a holder of his show record. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a very <laughs> no, I think he's in love with uh, Jonathan David, and I don't blame you. So David, he's 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 yeah, I love him. He's such a such a lovely person. Like honestly, but there's there's one other player. Nah, no, I know he he seems like he carries himself very well. But one other player that I'm actually really interested in and excited to see play is Escasito for Porto. Sorry, Estacio, um, centre midfielder, Estacio. There's my um, my Welsh pronunciation um, being proven wrong. Thank you, Fedo, for that. He's somebody that I, I watch quite closely because I, I watch a lot of the Porto games because of Diego Costa and Gian Mario. And he's somebody that always stands out to me. He always seems to get involved in decisive actions as well when he plays from that centre mid role. And yeah, him, Otavio, there's some really good players in that Porto team. But for Canada, I think he could really, really help out their midfield. You know, if Alfonso Davis is playing further forward, if David's obviously playing up front, they're going to need... Um, you know, as much as they can in that midfield to sort of control the play against some of these big teams like Belgium and Croatia. And I think he could be the guy. Yes, I think Canada is, uh, they have some, they have some also, f they have the Montreal trio, which is pretty okay. They have uh, some Ismail Kone, who I think might start. Then they have Alistair Johns uh, and they have Kamal Miller, Kamal Miller which are all decent players and uh, yeah, they, they know how to play with each other. They play every day in training and on game weeks with each other. So they know how to play that. Oistakio is, uh, he's probably the ball playing midfielder. Yes. Davis from the side. Davis is going to play a little bit more mm -hmm. offensive in this, yeah. uh, this squad. He's more playing like a left back, a uh, left wing more than a left back. Like what he used to actually when he, before he was, he was told to be a left back and um, that they have Jonathan David, who, <laughs> who's absolutely brilliant for Canada. Problem is, I think what I heard from some of my friends over there and uh, all MLS Twitter and uh, like the North American football fans or soccer fans in that way, uh, like they seem to have some issues with the the football association. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the football yeah, association. Yeah, basically they have some problem with them. I think image rights problems, and they they are not treated well or something like that. Or um, so it's it's very noisy around Canada. So supposedly they're the least favored to go through this this group, basically. But as you said, nice to see them play. Lovely for Davis and David to get some World Cup air and show the world what they can do. 100%, 100%. Okay, we'll move on to Croatia, who are probably second favorites in this group, I would say. Close to Belgium. Um, on paper, you probably fancy Belgium. But like I said, you just never know. There could be some big upsets in this group. Um, and Croatia, I mean, you know, they still have their veterans, Luka Modric, Kovacic, Perisic, who we've seen get them to... World Cup finals, of course, they lost, but regardless, that's still an amazing achievement for a Croatian team to do so. But there is some pretty interesting um, younger players I'm, I'm quite excited excited, sorry, to see at the World Cup. One of them being uh, Gvardio of Leipzig, Sotalo of Danimo Zagreb, Peter Musa of Benfica, if he can make the squad, 
think so. Major of Rennes and and uh, Sosa of Stuttgart. They're probably my five standouts in terms of like under 23 players that I'm quite excited about seeing at the World Cup, whether they all start or not, who knows. I think Vardio's got a good chance. Um, but yeah, how do you see Croatia's chances um, in this group? Well, if, again, Croatia is a team. Then they they have a good group spirit. They are like all this Eastern European. Uh, Croatia is not Eastern Europe, like Baltic Baltic uh, um, squads. They have a very good understanding. They love the country enormously. Like uh, it's it's a different love of the country. What I experienced it's either south or like the southern states in Europe and the Baltic states, it's crazy. And, um, but Guardiol, they have Guardiol, they have the golden boy there and uh, the creation golden boy. He's phenomenal. He's amazing to watch. I don't understand why Rosa is not playing him every day, every single time. Problem is uh, Diallo is also very good right now and so he can't really rotate him and I don't know why he's just not touching really Orban so Guardiol who supposedly be should be sold for 150 million is not even starting for RB Leipzig right now so that's very interesting in my eyes uh, but uh, especially because Diallo is a lone player is not even bought but yeah that's another topic but Guardiol amazing um he brings everything. The only thing right now, he had some, he had some bad luck with injuries. Let's see. Hopefully, he doesn't have them consecutively in his career, so he will be fine. Then Sutelo uh, from Zagreb, I'm very excited to see. He's not gonna start, but I think he's gonna make the World Cup squad. It's a very, very good player. Another very good Croatian player uh, for Zagreb is uh, Luka Ivanusec. Great, great player. Um, in this case, he's very good, and I think we see we're gonna see him very soon in the prem. I think we would have already seen him in the prem if he wouldn't have injured himself last year. And uh, he's very under the radar player, but he's a very good player. And uh, Dinamo Zagreb right now have a lot of talent, so he's not even starting there every time, especially with the rotation and uh, them prioritizing the Champions League. So. That's that's gonna be interesting, but I definitely think he's he's a player to watch and a player to take notice of, and he's gonna get a bigger move soon. I think I would have loved him at Milan, for example, instead of De Ketela, but I'm not the sporting director of Milan. Um, it's Paolo Maldini who's doing a decent, very very good job. Um, yeah, but I do like him. And uh, he's going to make the World Cup squad. And then also Sukic from Salzburg. Very interesting player as well. Uh, very, very, very joyful player to watch. And uh, he's playing on a very cool team to watch. So he knows how to create attacks. And he has... It's interesting to see him play in national football, in national... Like, national uh, matchups. You most likely don't have that much space. So I'm very, very curious to see how he's going to do with with less space, which he obviously has gotten in the Austrian Bundesliga. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool team to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think them or Morocco should be the second in this way. I would still think Belgium will win this. But 
I agree with you that it could be that Croatia and Morocco come through and Belgium doesn't even come through because they have solid teams. Like on a good day, they can beat Belgium. Yeah. Both of them. Definitely. In 90 minutes of football, anything, yeah, anything can happen, in, especially in tournament football. And yeah, like you said, there's some, there's some exciting youngsters outside of the ones that I, I mentioned then, like, like Susic and Ivanisic. So yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I think, I think Croatia has a, has a really nice blend of, um, of experience, Modric, Brozovic. I know he's injured right now, Perisic, Kovacic, and then they do have their up and coming players as well. Um, who I think can pose a bit of a threat at the world cup. And yeah, that's going to lead us to our last and final, um, team of the episode. And that is Morocco. Um, you know, there wasn't a crazy amount of research to be had here, um, but some notable key players that I think we should keep an eye on um, is, of course, Hakim Ziyech of Chelsea, Harit, Bufal, Amrabat of Fiorentina, Mazraoui of Bayern Munich, and, and of course, Hakimi, their, their main man of, um, of, of the nation. Like, they, they have some good players. They have some good attacking players there that I've just mentioned, but they also have some really good attacking defense as well in, in terms of Mazraoui and Hakimi. I know they kind of both play the same position, but you'll have to just play one of them on either either on the left wing back position or, or maybe one at right wing and, and one at right back. But um, yeah, how do you think? Do you think Hakimi's going to really take his nation to or further on in the tournament? That's difficult. For Morocco, they have the team on, on the paper, but... For them, all the stars have to align because I was very disappointed with Morocco at the Africa Cup of Nations. I thought they would be way better what they what they at what they actually did at the end. They have Bono in goal, which is also mm -hmm. really good. So he's a very good keeper. Yeah. Um, but in Morocco, in my uh, the games I watch from Morocco, it's either hit or miss. So I'm gonna be curious if they're mm -hmm. gonna hit them or miss them. But uh, they could make this group, yeah. but they easily could also just don't win a single game in this group and be last, basically. That's that's such a good way to put it, Fado. Yeah, I'm actually I, I kind of have to agree with you there. They they could they could easily steal six points, but they could very very easily literally not win a game. Is kind of yes. how that group could go. And I'm and I think I agree. I think Group F is probably the most exciting group um, of the tournament in terms of just how much quality there is in there. Don't get me wrong. I think Group E is interesting with Japan, um, Spain, and, and and Germany, and of course, I Costa think, Rica. But I think that Group F is ha, ha, has a lot of quality all throughout the four teams, you know? I think Group E is not to underestimate because I think Japan will have a fight. Like, uh, I, I don't think they're going to just give up for on Germany and in Spain. And uh, also Germany and Spain, like... Germany, especially in the group stage, is always there for one blunter every time. So that we will see one blunter most likely. And then um, <laughs> Spain also in the group phase is not that great always. So they always just come, they come in the knockout stages. So that's, a, that's actually, in my opinion, the spiciest group because there's like two very, very big countries that could go out. Like none of the group F countries have a realistic chance of winning the World Cup. But Spain and Germany actually do. Mm -hmm. And both, and one of them yeah. can miss the knockout stage, basically, if crazy things happen, which they can happen. Yeah. And Japan, as you uh, specifically told us and explained to us, 
they have a decent team. And if, again, it's 90 minutes of football, it's not yeah. 180 minutes, it's just 90 minutes of football, everything can happen. So I think Group E is the spiciest. No, I agree with you there. So I think that's a nice way to end this this episode. And yeah, guys at home, I hope you have really enjoyed this episode three of Value of Talent podcast. Obviously, we've we've gone through Group D, E and F for you. Um, next week, we will be previewing Group G and H, the final two groups of the World Cup. And we'll probably add in our overall sort of who we think is going to qualify from each group. You know, who do we think is going to get to the semis, final, etc. We'll do our we'll do our brackets and, and see um, how how myself and Feda differ or, or if we um, have similar thoughts. But yeah, thank you for listening. If you could like it, I don't even think they can like it. Can you can you review just it? I'm sure there's a way to review on Spotify. Review Apple. it, please. Review yeah. it or, and, or just uh, tell us tell us on Twitter if you've enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the episode. You know. Yes, please give us feedback on Twitter if you enjoyed it or if what we can do better. And yeah, as always, it was a pleasure. Hope you have a great game week. Hope you have a great week in general. And uh, yeah, you'll hear from us guys next Monday. Yeah, they they, they can't see us right now actually. Fed is actually naked doing this, so um, yeah, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you guys soon.